1: Losing a loved one is one of the most lonely and painful experiences you will go through in life. It can be hard knowing how to pick up the pieces and move forward with your life after. This episode is about how Julie Dirks let her husband's death teach her about life and turn this tragedy into something beautiful and meaningful. Julie truly found herself through losing her husband, and it took her on a spiritual path and finding a life of love instead of fear. It led her to finding her passion and purpose in this life of helping those who are stuck in their grief to find gratitude, joy, and love again for their life. Valeria interviews Julie Dirks. She is a mom of two amazing boys, and she lost her late husband suddenly in a car accident in November of 2017. At the time, her sons were two and a half years old and seven months old. With a simple knock at her door, Julie's whole world was turned upside down, and she lost all bearings to which way was up. In her time of uncertainty, she was certain of one thing, that she would find her way through this, no matter what it took. The first year was awful and messy, with so many downs, way more than ups. But with Julie's two boys watching her, she knew they needed to see her save herself. At around the two year mark, she had someone ask her to tell them who she was without giving her typical answer of I'm a mom or widow. And she didn't have a clue how to answer. Julie knew being a widow didn't define her, but she didn't know who she was. She felt lost. This was a huge turning point for her on her healing journey. Julie began to reflect on who she truly was and began to love herself. When Julie lost her husband, she began to have a whole new meaning and appreciation for what life is. She was determined to properly heal herself and do all the work to get her there. It wasn't always easy, and many times, Julie wanted to give up. But she is so grateful she kept pushing through. Diving headfirst into your pain doesn't seem natural. Usually, we want to bury it. But at some point, that pain is going to come back up again, no matter how deep you buried it. Diving into your pain headfirst is the only way through it. Julie was fortunate to have many different people help guide her on her journey. It's so important to have support when you're going through something so life-changing. No one should have to do that alone. There really is a lack of resources and support for those who are grieving, which is so unfortunate since we're all going to experience death of a loved one at some point in our lives, which is part of why Julie decided to become a grief coach. In the spring of 2021, she dedicated herself to taking a grief coaching course, and she is proudly a certified grief coach from the From Grief to Gratitude Coach Certification Program. Julie's hopes are that she can help just make someone's grief journey a little bit easier by walking with them through their grief and help guide them back into gratitude. She wants to help empower people to open themselves up to grieve naturally. Then help shift them to thrive again with their new normal. Meet Julie at inspirationalhealing.ca. Here's the interview with Julie Dirks.
2: In your own words, who is Julie Dirks? Well, it's it's still an interesting question for me because I think it's forever changing as we grow in life, right? Um, when I lost my husband four and a half years ago, I didn't know who I was. But I think the crazy thing is, is that I really didn't even know who I was before he died either. But it was something that I never thought about, and I think it took me tragically losing. Uh, my my husband to really dive into who I was as a person. And and it wasn't until I got asked, who, who are you? And don't say that you're a mom and don't say that you're a widow. Um, and that's kind of how I had defined myself. Um, so I really had no idea how to answer her. And it really just made me dive into like, actually, who am I? And it's, it's kind of a loaded question still because I think I'm just... The, on this journey of, of love and life. And, and um, I've gained so much confidence in who I am as a person, just exploring my passion and purpose in life and helping others. And um, it's truly just ever changing. And I'm just wake up every day. I'm so grateful um, for where I am in my life and the love that I now have for myself. I just simply now can honestly say that i love myself and that's truly who i am i'm just i'm just somebody who's who's love and who wants to help others in the world who are struggling with grief um, so that's kind of how i define myself as you know who i am now
0: there is a um, video on facebook they posted i think it was long ago i'm not sure the date i don't have here but i saw your children like you talk about them um uh, Being a solo parent after losing your husband. And then I looked at them running. I think they were running up close to the ocean. And that made me cry. And I was wondering, I don't know exactly why, but it has to do with that almost the innocence of children. And it's something that's in all of us if we really search like this wonderment about life and not really understanding everything fully, but embracing it anyway and having fun with life in the moment. I'd love to hear from you what it's like to be a solo parent after losing a partner.
2: It's something I really struggled with for the first year because I felt like I wasn't fully present and I really lost the mom who I desired to be and always dreamed of being. And I just couldn't be that for them in that time. And I'm almost grateful that they were so young. They were seven months old and two and a half years old when my husband died. And, um, I don't like to say it's a blessing, but, um, I, in the fact of they had no idea how sad I was and, um, they had so many people fill their lives. Well, I couldn't fully always be that mom for them, but they really started teaching me about life and about, you know, just keeping push forward and. I decided that I needed to save myself for my children. They needed to watch me save myself. So, you know, if they could see mom pull herself out from, you know, such a tragedy, you know, that was really going to teach them about life and how to be resilient. And, you know, life isn't easy, but we can make the best of it still. And they've really taught me that. And the questions they ask you, um, because they're trying to understand what's happened too and it pushed me to actually dive into that journey with them and you know I at first I didn't want to answer their questions because it was too painful but I wanted to be open and honest with them so that you know we kind of went through that journey together and like they they just brought out the the joys in me and um, it took me a while to just want to do things like taking them to the beach and you know it's it's hard. um it was that whole confidence, lack of confidence in myself and um who I was as a person. So now I just totally embrace you know packing up and going to the beach one day and, and just being in in the moment, and they've taught me to just you know, you know we all have that child within us, right? And they've really showed me how to embrace that again.
0: Mm, yes, exactly. that's what I felt. <laughs> And that, it was so profound. I mean, it's still with me, that image. Being playful and being able to feel the pain that life can bring us and then the other side of it, because joy is right there, actually. If we turn, it's almost like a, a metaphor for walking on, let's say, an empty road. And then instead of looking ahead, only ahead, we straight forward. Stopping and looking at the sides of the road to see the flowers, the vegetation, the mountains. So there's so much more to life than just one thing, one feeling, one emotion. That's what it comes to me. That kind of reminded me of my sister. When she divorced, she said something profound, which is kind of similar to what you have said about saving yourself and being present because your children needed you and they were present. She has a child too, my nephew. And she said, he was very young. She said, I have no time to be depressed because of him, because of mm-hmm. my son. So I remembered that it was a profound lesson that she taught me right there. I think she doesn't know actually about it. I'll talk to her today after this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the way you said, yeah, you say, I truly found myself through losing my husband and it took me on a spiritual path and finding a life of love instead of fear. Mm -hmm. So talk to me for a moment about the spiritual views about yourself and life as of today. What is spirituality to you?
2: I mean, again, it truly took losing my husband to even think about um what life was. What I I mean, I was I was raised Catholic, but it never really resonated with me. Um, and I just had kind of like a knowing when he died that there was so much more to life. There was so much more to what we were experiencing here, and I did dive into some spirituality books and it's it's what brought me so much comfort it brought me answers to you know that life is just one big lesson and we can embrace that or we can just fall victim to what life is giving us and as humans we want answers and that was one of my biggest things i wanted answers as to why us why why did this happen to our family um and once I dove into spirituality, I, I mean, I kind of got those answers that there's no person that's special in this world. You know, it's not like I'm the only one that goes through something like this. It's just this is life. And it's kind of something that it's a choice to make from these experiences that life throws us. And I am um, almost became very grateful for what I was able to do with the tragedy Um, you know I never I'm not grateful that my husband died but I'm grateful for what came about it from the choices that I was able to make and just knowing that the universe you know has my back and I'm not alone and knowing that there's so much more to life than we truly ever know and it brings so much comfort knowing that there is a purpose for this there is you know, something I can make out of my life from this. And I'm grateful for all those lessons from the death of my husband.
0: Yeah, that's uh, another powerful message, gratitude. And I wish we could engage in gratitude a lot more, not wait right, for something tragic to happen, to be grateful. Do you consider gratitude a, a practice, Julie, or is it a state of mind of being?
2: I think it's it, it's a practice at first because I never knew what gratitude meant before. And now it's a it's something I practice every morning. It's the first thing I do when I wake up is I do about 15 minutes of gratitude and just everything I'm truly grateful for in my life. And it's that mindset that sets you up for the rest of your day. And there truly is everything around you to be grateful for. Yes, I love to hear that
0: because it is true <laughs> mm-hmm. when you look around. I know and I'm sad sometimes, uh, not too often these days, but sometimes I get sad for whatever reason. Relationships are interesting, <laughs> so they get you mm-hmm. sad sometimes. Yes. Yeah, I look around, if I'm alone and I see the plants and everything in the wall, whatever it is, the floors. It's almost like everything is trying to make me smile again. It's interesting. To, it might be just my mind the way it is now
2: mm-hmm. uh, works,
0: but I do feel that, that everything is uh, almost screaming to us to be in the moment and attentive to what is here instead of in the past or future, but present. That has been, I know it has been said a lot. So many people talk about spiritual teachers about staying here now, but wow, what a true message I feel. I have been practicing that for a while, if it is a practice and has been, it is a practice in a way. It is incredible. Another question I have for you that I didn't ask was about talking to your children about grief, about their dad, Jason, his name, right, Julie? Right. Yeah. How did you convey that message to them? How did they understand or how did that land? I'd love to hear more about it.
2: So for my oldest, who was two and a half, he he obviously knew that dad was no longer around, but didn't understand why, um, and and it was definitely a process for him to understand. And it was this, it was to me felt like the strangest thing, but I think it was truly meant to be. How we were just out for a walk one day, and there happened to be a dead bird on the road. And, he, and he, sa- he said, Mommy, what's wrong with that bird? And I said, well, honey, that, that bird must have got hit by a car and it and it died. And he goes, oh, just like Daddy, because he had heard me say, you know, Daddy died. But to him, what does death mean? Yeah. And we had talked about, you know, how his, his soul is in heaven and he is still around us. And he, he heard all those things. But him seeing that bird on the road dead kind of was a connection for him of what death death meant and that's you know nature is again so amazing you know nature's all around us and it's it's how i tell others to teach their children about death um, it's just simply around nature i mean you have trees die die flowers die you know everything in life dies right and just taking nature um, it was really powerful for him and it's that's really the moment that clicked for him um, and for my youngest, just because he was so he was still a baby, um, he didn't know any different of having dad around. Other than there were there was pictures of him, um, but he did once you know have a complete meltdown because all of a sudden he just wanted daddy here, um, and it took again you know just explaining to him that daddy's all around us, and I do this visual with them where I hold up a blanket and I said, you can't see mommy, but you know, I'm here. And that's kind of like (laughs) what dad, what daddy is for you is (laughs) he can hear you. He Um, can, he can, he's around us. Um, he's just not, we just can't physically see him. So that's really helped them out a lot knowing that their dad is still around them and they can talk to him. And, um, I kind of, Let them say, you know, it's kind of their superpower that dad can go anywhere with them. And um, because I know it kind of saddens them at times that, you know, other friends have their dads and they don't. So I just remind them that, you know, your dad's always with you and you can can always talk to dad. And I think just visuals for kids is so important because it is such a hard concept to understand.
0: True. Wow, that's beautiful, Julie. Very creative. <laughs> As we talked off record about creativity coming from that place of love and freedom within. Yeah, I can see that. I love the way you kind of building these um, concepts and creative ways of explaining children and adults, right? About grief and how to navigate this type of reality. So with that in mind, I do like to ask this question to you about death too. One of your Facebook posts, you say grief seems to be one of the hardest things to talk about for most people. Why is that? Have you found an answer?
2: I think it's mainly because people are so afraid of death and they don't want to face re- reality that you know we are all going to die. It's it's one of the only guarantees we have in life is that it's going it's going to end, and that's brings in a lot of fear for people. But uh, for me, I, I mean, I I don't want to die tomorrow or anything like that. I want to live a, a long, healthy life, but. Why be afraid of something that is all going to come to us? Why not learn more about it so that it can bring you comfort and, you know, prepare for it? Um, you know, and that's just simply living your, your life fullest every single day because we aren't guaranteed tomorrow. And having those conversations with your spouse, with your children, with your family about, you know, what would happen if you did die tomorrow. Because it's something me and my husband never had um, was a conversation about what if you die tomorrow what what would we do what would happen um, which is is if you're prepared you can never completely prepare for losing a loved one, but you can have those conversations that can bring in a lot of comfort and it's it's one of the like I said guarantees of life so it's no a society so avoidant with it and I think people don't like to talk to to you I I know I felt so alienated once my husband died because it reminded people of what can happen and and I I learned that that was not a reflection of me it was a reflection of them and how they they felt about death but it's it's truly unfortunate that so many people are just so uncomfortable with it that they can't even talk about it or you know see someone whose life has been altered because of it
0: it is sad to hear that. I love your message, though, and I love how you talk about and, and you making the subject of grief and death kind of very light and very, I have to say, beautiful. Because I see beauty in the way you deliver the message, you communicate the message. And very creative, that's what it is. I see beauty in creativity as I see beauty in nature. Everything it does is just, I know it will die, a flower will die, but it's beautiful anyway. It shows Mm -hmm. up anyway. And about fear, that's true. So we are afraid, most of us are afraid to die. But then uh, knowing that we never die in the sense of the soul, the spirit of who we really are, then that would make such a huge difference. And I wonder why so many people don't know who they are. Or they, mm-hmm. It's almost like being afraid of finding out that their essence is ever-present and it never goes anywhere. Is that something that for you has become a belief system or something that you know?
2: Yeah. I, I Like I said, it was like my soul awakened when my husband died. Um, and it was just a knowing that there was so much more to, to death than just simply a person being gone from their body, right? And you know it was came quickly to me with signs from my husband that he was still with us, and it truly is now. I just I know um that you know we when we do die, there's such more beauty to where we go, and we're truly never gone. It's just you're not physically in your body here anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that there has become for you this inner knowing, right? There's this truth, right, Julie? It's a a kind of truth that's really hard to explain. And we put it into words, but most people don't understand. It takes experience, it seems to me. Although it's not an experience. Or would you say it is? Because, yeah, I know I have talked to so many people who have talked and communicated with uh, loved ones who have passed. And they are psychics and they are intuitives, healers. So they see a lot of that invisible spiritual realm around them. So, and I also wonder why so many of us don't have that experience, because that would help.
2: Yeah, it, it's unfortunate that it sometimes does take a tragedy. You know, you know, some some of the people who have made the most profound changes in their lives have had some sort of tragedy happen. And not that it's a blessing, but it was... I am grateful for the awakening to, you know, at my age, have this all the rest of my life, hopefully to, to keep living this and spreading this, this great message for people to, who don't have to go through a tragic event and can just learn from others that have experienced a tragic event. Because I think that's the other way that you can learn is just resonating with somebody who's gone through a tragedy in, in what they speak in words and, and learning from those people.
0: There is almost a, um, a kind of transmission that is passed. Yeah, I do know that, and <laughs> the power of that. So mm-hmm. talk to me about the work you do as a certified grief coach. Do you meet your clients online,
2: offline, groups? Yes, yeah, so I, I, I kind of created the 12-week program, and I call it um, Rising from Your Ashes of Your Grief, um, because truly that's what grief does to you. It crumbles you to the very ashes, right? you're just crumbled pieces and you truly can rise from those ashes, you know, and and make something of yourself in your life. But it, it's a process. And I kind of took what the steps I took in my life and journey um, for the last four and a half years and put it into a program to help teach other widows um, who are going through the same thing that I went through. Because you do feel lost and unfortunately there isn't, you know, a lot of resources out there. And I like to do group programs with my widows because it is a very lonely journey. And the connection of other widows together is very empowering. And it's just teaching them to how to truly sit with your emotions, feel them all like you can't you can't run from them because they will come back. And the longer you run from them, the longer your grief is going to stay with you and you're going to stay stuck. And it's just um, so it's a process of teaching them those tools that they can work through their grief and then just trying to find your identity after losing a spouse. So that's uh,
0: another component of Healing grief, which I have not a question for you about that, actually. It's uh, finding a new identity. And that's interesting how we get so fixed with um, identities, right, Julie? And then we mm-hmm. believe that we are just a mom or just a, a podcaster <laughs> or just mm-hmm. a wife. And then there's so much more that we are or could be. So, another, uh, yeah, when it comes to healing, um, from the perspective of grief, what is healing to you?
2: Healing to me is, is um, you know, grief actually has really a way of bringing up all your limiting beliefs about yourself that you might have carried your whole life. You just truly didn't have to deal with them. But when you start sitting in your pain, all these things come up about yourself and the limiting beliefs came up for me. So healing was really truly working on those um, and just learning to to love myself. It was was a process, but, you know, I lived my life so much in fear, even with my husband. I truly was in a state of fear the whole time. Um, So healing for me was learning to actually be in a place of love for everything. Uh, Love for myself, love for others. You know, there's really only two mindsets, you know, fear or love. And healing was eventually getting to being in that state of love. I mean, it's a practice again, you know, I'm, there, there's times where fear comes in and we're human, right? Fear comes in all the time. But when I practice love and I know that love's out there and when I, you see the flow of life when you're in the state of, of love and it's a beautiful thing. So healing was when I could quickly get out of the fear and go back into that love and that's you know when I truly we're forever healing, really, right? It's it's never an ending journey, but for me, it's it was finally getting to knowing that you know I can be in a state of love, and I don't have to stay stuck in the fear. Oh, I love that.
0: So that it's the awareness, the knowing that you can go back to love. It's almost like having the the road map, right, Julie, to love. I do believe that, too. There's no destinations when it comes to anything, uh, in a sense. So it's that knowing, being aware of how to go back to that place that leaves us with a sense of peace. Uh, It comes from peace, joy, too, of course. But peace, it seems like joy arises from inner peace. That's what it has been my experience, too.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and that might be the same for balance I often talk here about balance if there's a destination for balance being balanced finally we always talk about it and in the end it's all about accepting being out of balance and then knowing how to go back to balance so I kind of think about that when I think about healing and love and fear as you say how do you define love? do you have words for it? (laughs)
2: It's just when you're not, uh, when you just know everything is flowing, you're trusting the universe, trusting, you know, it's just letting go and letting God know, knowing that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. There's no getting to anywhere because you're just trusting in the flow of life. Another question
0: I have about grief is the misconceptions. What are some of the misconceptions and misunderstandings about grief?
2: I think... People just want to fix somebody who's grieving, but it's not truly something you can fix. It's a process that takes time. And um, something I like to say is, you know, the mourning process takes at least a year because you have to go through all those firsts. And those firsts are so difficult to go through. Um, So it's really just people need time to grieve. And there's also the misconception that, you know, once they're over which we never truly get over. But once, once you you're beyond the the, the deep pain of grief, that you're going to be back to this person that you were before. But grief, losing someone you love, forever changes you, and um, there is no getting back to who you were before. And I know family and friends just want to fix you, you know, but there is no putting a Band-Aid over there. It's not it's not a disease. It's not an illness. It's something that we experience as humans. And it's just truly embracing what grief is and allowing the process to happen.
0: Another question I have for you is an open question about what do you feel is the purpose of being here? This is a question I love asking. And I have to ask you.
2: <laughs> I think it's seeing for what lessons life is giving you. Like everything can be a lesson to teach you about yourself to teach you about life in general and it's seeing those um, it's just growing I mean if you take those lessons life gives you 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 grow and embrace it And, and that's I think our experiences here is just to embrace the lessons life gives us and to to grow our soul I mean I believe we come in here basically to learn lessons Um, and our soul just wants to learn these lessons to, you know, to grow. Um, So I I, I now see, you know, the death of my husband was a lesson that my soul wanted to learn this lifetime, and I chose to embrace that because um, if that's what was meant for me in this lifetime, that's what I'm going to choose to do. So many people
0: don't have a sense of purpose and meaning too, and that's why some of the uh, saddest tragedies that I can think of happen suicide, especially among young people. So what would you say to somebody who's trying to look for that meaning and purpose and cannot find it?
2: Yeah, I think for one that there's too much pressure around the word purpose, like it's something that you have to find. And if you don't, then you're, you failed. And you know, I truly felt that before. Um, I had no idea I was just living being a mom and uh, didn't know anything else than being the mom. So it was just exploring once I learned to you know find out who I was and and learn about spirituality and life, it's just finding your purpose can simply just be finding what you love and being in joy um me my my purpose is my joy my joy is helping others who have experienced a loss get through it so it's kind of intertwined with your joy and if we kind of need to take away the pressure of finding your purpose because it can also be ever-changing you know maybe my life can still take me down another road and i might not be always being a grief coach who knows but right now that's my joy And that's what I I, I love doing. So, I mean, I guess that's why I call it my purpose.
0: We're almost at the end, but I do have something else that I read on one of your Facebook posts. The, um, paraphrasing you, unhelpful help after losing someone. So basically talk about toxic positivity, which I never heard about this. So I would love for you to talk to me about unhelpful comments you mentioned so many of them. And then what would a helpful comment look like when dealing or meeting somebody who is going through grief?
2: I think the, the the toxic positivity is just telling somebody that, you know, that your your loved one would want you to be happy, that your loved one would want you to move on with your life, that, you know, you should be um, back into some joy. You know, just telling them how they should be um because that just puts so much pressure on the griever that they're doing it wrong that they sh- they should be over it by now um so i think that's people just again it's that fix um but really all people need to do is just put some empathy into it and you know i know it's hard to know exactly what somebody's going through when they lose somebody but we can all sit just for a minute and and visualize what it would be like to lose somebody that we love and then put that empathy towards them and knowing that I don't know exactly what you're going through. I can only imagine it because it's truly all you can do. But just imagine that and think of what you would want. And it's just having someone sit with you and and listen to what you need to, to say without any judgment. And, and then just simply, you know, the biggest things for me was somebody saying, I'm going to go grab groceries for you. Um, this week, or I'm going to cook you, I have meals cooked for me. It's just those little gestures that can lighten the load of someone who's grieving. Um, It's not even needing always to say something. And you can simply even say, I have no idea what to say to you, but my heart breaks for you and I'm here for you. Um, Just simply being there for somebody is really the biggest gift you can give them. I
0: can only imagine, because I have not been through um, grief So, yeah, it resonates very much true to me, Julie. Being there for, I would want that, yeah, to talk about it uh, because I love to talk. And then, (laughs) as you can tell, and then also, yeah, having someone that could do those little things like, yeah, something simple, being around me, eating together, going, yeah, that would make such a huge difference. Did you have those people around you, those supportive people?
2: I did have, you know, it wasn't huge, but I did have that small um, community of friends and family that were very supportive and um, were there for me. And I, I have, you know, found friends through my journey that have truly been there for me too. And it is it is the biggest gift that you can have is having just a few friends that would literally drop anything to come come be with you and sit with you and um help you through those hard times.
0: Something that it came to me is by reading your posts about that, about unhelpful ways and helpful ways. There is only one way to grief, your way. Would that mm-hmm. make sense?
2: Yes, there's no rule book to grief and everybody's gonna grieve differently. Even if um, I, if even if you lost um a sibling that so you had other siblings with, they're all gonna grieve that sibling differently because your relationship with that person who died was unique to you so your grief is unique to you you know many people grieved my husband but no one was going to grieve him the same way I did because my relationship with him was different than everybody else's and so we can't expect anyone to grieve the same way Um, but there's an understanding between people who do lose somebody and that's all there really is It's just that understanding and um knowing that um we may not exactly know how they're grieving, but you can show up for each other.
0: Another question that comes to mind is about unhealthy grief. Is there such a thing, Julie, uh, in a case of trying to suppress emotions and drinking and doing something else mm-hmm. to hide them?
2: Yeah, I think it's just when you're hiding from your pain, you're avoiding it at all costs. And just really trying to even not think about your loved one who's died, pretend that it didn't happen. Um, that leads to those, you know, unhealthy coping mechanisms like drinking and um, drugs and all that um, unhealthy ways. And even, um, you know, there's just simply the avoiding, um, which we all we all do, right? But it's just giving yourself grace that you can't, Some it's a process to learn how to deal with the pain. And it's going to not be, it's not easy for so long. And, you know, I was really good at avoiding my pain for quite some time by just, you know, binge watching TV shows or um, making sure that I wasn't alone because it was too painful. But it's just giving myself that grace and knowing that it was a process. And um, I mean, as long as you eventually know that you can't continue that way and you have to start. Truly feeling what your, your body is telling you. Um. So
0: there's not, it's not a wrong way to do it, but it is unhealthy from the perspective of the body and mind, right? Because it's causing more suffering on top of suffering. I noticed that my husband, he did that. I was not in his life at the time. but When he, when he lost his sister, he did lots of uh, crazy things per se. But that was the only way he could really deal with the pain. He didn't know any other way. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting to see that holding that statement true, that there is only one way to grieve your way. So even that, it's um, it's okay too, right, Julie? If somebody, I mean, we are here to support those people. You are there to support them if they come to you, but I know you would not judge them as being wrong.
2: No, no, there is no judgment. It's just an understanding and, and knowing that, you need to give yourself grace in this journey because it's it's a difficult one.
0: Yeah, I have not been through it, but I have a glimpse through my husband and he still feels that to, to this day. It has been, I think, 30 years now. So it's interesting to see. Every time we talk about his sister, he cries.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: almost like it's still unprocessed. Maybe he needs to see you.
2: <laughs> I'll talk
1: to him.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, thank you so much, Julie, for doing what you do, for kind of bringing light and playfulness also to this very painful subject. I love the videos on Facebook. It made me laugh many times. <laughs> it made me feel profoundly too. So thank you so much for coming from this creative place that I call love. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was a, a true honor.
0: Before we say goodbye, I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Let me see which ones to ask. I'll ask you this one that I usually ask everyone. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body,
2: before they die? Experiencing joy. You know, um, just experiencing love for themselves. And just learning to live in the moment. Wow. Yeah, Three powerful lighthouse.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. And before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, services and future projects?
2: Um, yeah, so I have a, a website um, that kind of has both. You can link to my Instagram and my Facebook. Um, it's inspirationalhealing.ca um, and then you can find me on Instagram um, through the, both the the website, and I think I think my username is Julie Dirk's underscore griefcoach, if you want to find me on Instagram. and then I also have my inspirational healing page on Facebook.
0: Wonderful. I love the name, too. I'll have the link on your podcast profile. And I love that name. I forgot to mention inspirational healing. When I saw that uh, phrase, it really caught my attention in a sense of heart connection (laughs) to those Mm -hmm. words. Thank you so much again, Julie, for your presence here today. And we'll talk soon.
1: Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Julie Dirks and her work, please visit inspirationalhealing.ca.